بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وحبيبنا وقرة أعيننا محمد بن عبد الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في قرآنه العزيز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون All praise and thanks be to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is no doubt our creator, sustainer, nourisher, protector and curer the Lord of all worlds, the exalted, we ask him for his help. We ask him to open doors of prosperity, good health and wealth for all of us. And we ask him to send his choicest of blessings and salutations upon the final messenger, our beloved Prophet Muhammad wasallam, his family members, his companions and all those who tread upon his path with utmost sincerity until the day of Qiyamah. My dear respected elders and brothers in Islam, I start off by reminding myself and then the entire congregation, all of you, to bring in a life of taqwa. And that is to be conscious of your maker during every single second of your lives. And this is if you wish to attain victory, if you wish to attain success in this world as well as the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from the people of taqwa and may he make us from the victorious and successful ones. Ameen. The title for today's sermon is Let us roll out the red carpet for the month of Ramadan. I'm sure you would have heard of this phrase, rolling out the red carpet. In other words, to give a warm welcome. Let us welcome the month of Ramadan. We are basically at Abuab Shahr Ramadan. We are at the doors of the month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan is just a few days away from us. A few days away from us. It's a powerful month. It's a blessed month. A month of change. A month of transformation. A month of opportunity. A season of goodness. And the pious people of the past, they would prepare months ahead before this month to capitalize and make the most out of this month. A lot of us, given the way time is speeding past us, okay, one year after the next, one Ramadan after the next, keeps hitting us like, you know, trains, like roller coasters. So let us not be of those who stumble upon the month of Ramadan and we take the first few days to acclimatize, to, to adapt to the month of Ramadan and by the time we have actually detected the fragrance, the taste of the month of Ramadan, you have almost two weeks of the month of Ramadan gone past and you are left with just another half of the month of Ramadan. We need to prepare ourselves physically, mentally and spiritually to be able to make the most out of this month from day one. From day one. 
We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us with good health, with long lives, that we are about to attain this month of Ramadan. I'm sure a lot of us would attest to the fact, would attest to the fact that you had loved ones with you, you had friends, you had family members, especially given that we are in the midst of a pandemic, who were with you last Ramadan, but they are no longer with us for this Ramadan. May Allah grant them high ranks in Jannah. Ameen. May Allah ease the hearts of those who have lost their loved ones. In this one year alone, we have lost many of us. So what guarantee do we have in the first place that we will attain this month of Ramadan? We pray that Allah blesses us all to attain this month of Ramadan and many more Ramadans in the future. But what guarantee do we have? So if we inshallah attain this month of Ramadan, if we are to see, if we are to sight the moon and begin the month of Ramadan, should we not make the most out of the month of Ramadan? Should we not make the most out of every single day to transform ourselves, to change ourselves, to get closer to our maker this season? You know, sometimes you read, you get these promotional SMS messages, right? Stating that, oh, on this date and on this date, you have, what, 25% off, 50% off at this store, at that mall, at this location. And, you know, we talk about it, we inform others, we forward the message around, and we make arrangements. Why? We, we might even schedule it on our calendars to ensure that we don't miss, because if you were, if you were to miss those two dates, let's say 25th and 26th, if you were to miss those dates and you walk into the store, you're not going to get the same discount. And what's the discount? 25% off, 30% off, 40% off, at the most 50% off. They'll put 75% in, in, in big bold letters. You walk in, they'll be like, you know, in fine text on selected items. And then they'll show you all of the items that are, you know, almost about to be disposed. 75% off. Allah is not doing that. There's no fine text. It's a season where your rewards are going to be multiplied. It's a season, it's a month of transformation. So my dear brothers, elders and sisters in Islam, we need to be able to prepare ourselves to make the most out of that month of Ramadan. That's just around the corner. This month, my dear brothers in Islam, is the month of the Quran. Allah describes the month as the month of the Quran. You know, the other day I, there was a post posted on one of our social media platforms. You have the WhatsApp icon and you know you have the last seen thing on WhatsApp. You can switch it off if you want to for the sake of privacy. But you have last seen for those of you who are familiar with it and if you have it activated, you can basically see when that person was last seen on the platform. So most of the time, last seen 8 seconds ago, last seen 10 seconds ago or 10 minutes ago. And then the icon of the Quran, last seen 11 months ago. Allah Akbar. I think, I think if each and every one of us go to touch our hearts, we'd be able to say when we actually sat down properly with the Quran to reflect on the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When was the last time we actually sat down and remembered Allah 
when was the last time you raised your hands and turned to your maker? When was the last time you turned to him in sincere repentance? In sincere repentance, you know this concept of tawbah. Somehow it's fixated in our minds that tawbah is only for the month of Ramadan. And that too towards the end of the month of Ramadan. Or that there is one particular day, the mosque will announce it. And we are all supposed to go to the mosque. There are certain things that are supposed to be done. And that's what tawbah is all about. Tawbah is not only for the month of Ramadan. Tawbah is part and parcel of the believer's life. Why? Because the believer knows that he or she commits mistakes. We commit mistakes. You see the term insan that is used for human beings. It is understood that this term is related to the term nisyan in the Arabic language, which means forgetfulness. And that's why we are so forgetful. We are forgetful, aren't we? We forget. We know what is right, we know what is wrong, but we tend to forget. We tend to slip. We tend to fall. And that's where the concept of tawbah comes about. When you have now fallen into a pit, when you have fallen into a hole, tawbah comes about to get you out of that hole, to get you out of that pit. So throughout the year, we have accumulated sins. We have lied. We have hurt others. We have gossiped. We have spoken negatively about others. We have spoken in a toxic way. We have behaved at times like animals. So should we not look for redemption? Should we not get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who introduces himself in many a place in the Quran as the most forgiving, the most merciful, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim? Out of the 114 chapters in the Noble Quran, 113 of them begin how? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. This khutbah would not suffice to study these two great names, these two great attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal. They center around Rahmah, they center around mercy, and He is full of mercy. His mercy encompasses kull shay, everything. So we need to turn to Him in sincere tawbah. So my dear brothers in Islam, in a move to roll out the red carpet for the month of Ramadan, start preparing from this point onwards. Prepare yourselves. You see, we tend to prepare, we tend to stock our, our larders, our pantries, with the right type of food to ensure that the month of Ramadan, you know, everything is in stock. Businesses, they prepare because they think, oh, now the month of Ramadan is a good season for business, to sell, to make money. So what about preparing yourselves physically, mentally, and spiritually to make the most out of the month of Ramadan? And for this, you need to, my dear brothers in Islam, you need to study the purpose of the month of Ramadan. Why this month of Ramadan? Why have we been asked to stay away from food and drink? Is it some kind of a diet to stay away from food and drink from this time to this time? It comes about every year, one month, I'm supposed to stay away from food. Is that all the month of Ramadan? The ayah that I recited at the inception clearly highlights that there is a much loftier 
a much grander objective with regards to the month of Ramadan. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, kutiba alaykum usiyam, kama kutiba ala ladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakhun. What is this lofty objective? Taqwa. Taqwa. This is the lofty objective. You see, we spoke about Tawbah just a few moments ago. Tawbah is the concept, is this beautiful deed that you will hold on to when you fall into a pit. When you fall into a pit, you need Tawbah to get out of the pit. Taqwa, on the other hand, is what will help you not fall into the pit. It's this system, it's this radar system of a believer that detects, oh, this is something that is going to displease my maker. This is what pleases Allah This is why some of the Sahaba, when they were asked to define taqwa, they asked the questioner, have you ever walked down a thorny path? You know, a path, a road with thorns, thorns. Or let's say in today's context, you're driving down a road full of potholes potholes and you have what a brand new vehicle with you would you just carelessly go steamrolling down the road would you when there are potholes all over the place no you'll be very careful you'll want to turn this way turn that way or, or if there's no other way except to go through the pothole very gingerly very carefully you'll ease the vehicle in and ease the vehicle out. And if you have traveled interior, you would even at times ask the person next to you, can you please get down and see whether I can make it? You'll be that careful. Why? Because you don't want to scratch your vehicle. And when you hear that grinding noise, you, you feel like your insides are churning, right? Because the car is being scraped from underneath. So you're very careful. This, this concept of being careful, of being, you know, very, very vigilant. This is taqwa. A believer just does not blindly live his life. No. A believer is vigilant. A believer knows there are things that please my maker. There are things that displease my maker. My maker tells me, eat what? Halalan tayyiba. So when I walk into the supermarket, I need to ensure that I buy number one halal, and number two, not just halal, tayyiba as well. Wholesome, good food. Today, look at why there is so much of sickness around us, obesity, sicknesses. Why? It has a lot to do with our diet and what you put inside you, my dear brothers in Islam. It affects you physically and it affects you spiritually. It affects you physically, which in turn affects you mentally. A lot of us, we're drowsy, we're lethargic, we're not productive. We sit at work, we feel very sluggish. You know, you go to the doctor and you're like, you know, I'm always sleepy. But when I go to bed, I can't fall asleep. What's going on with me? And if you look around, my dear brothers in Islam, look at the food industry, subhanallah. The exact opposite of halal and tayyibah. Have you walked into a chicken shop? Have you walked into these slaughterhouses? Have you walked into these factories? It's so industrialized that there is no regard at all for the animal. The animal is tortured. The animal is not fed well. 
They're all cooped up. Have you seen the way animals are transported? And you think animals don't have feelings? Today we, be, we wonder, why are we going through all of this? Why COVID-19? Why all this? Why natural disasters? It is enough for these animals to curse us. Yes, they have been created for us. They have been created for us. But their lives need to be respected. And Islam teaches us even in terms of taking their lives, there is a way to do it. But today, no, that's not what's happening. Why? Because of industrialization. Because of greed. Because people are we're so greedy. We want to make money, right? So the injections, hormones pumped into these animals, and that's what we consume. So how is it Tayyiba? How is it Tayyiba? It's not Tayyiba. So you have to be extremely careful. I understand it's challenging. And I face the same challenges. But a believer is vigilant. A believer is careful. You don't live blindly. Try. Try to make certain changes. Certain lifestyle changes. A lot of us have gotten accustomed to the fact that we can't eat a meal without meat. We need meat. Without meat on the table, the meal is incomplete. Subhanallah. That was never the case with the Prophet If you study his life, you will conclude that he was semi-vegetarian, the Prophet He didn't always consume meat. <laughs> There's no talk about him consuming chicken, number one. Beef. No talk about the Prophet consuming beef. He rather said that beef contains disease. What did the Prophet eat? Yes, there's reports of him eating camel meat. There's reports of him eating sheep or lamb. And that too very sparingly, my dear brothers in Islam, sparingly. Very rare that the Prophet would eat meat. But we, if we can have meat for breakfast, lunch and dinner, we'll do so. And most of us are doing that. Even for breakfast, we need meat in the form of sausages or whatever it may be. So why am I talking about all of this? The month of Ramadan, my dear brothers in Islam, is not about, subhanallah, feasting and eating, you know, your suhoor, one menu, your iftar, another menu, varieties of short eats and oily food and drinks. This is not the purpose of the month of Ramadan. This is not the purpose of the month of Ramadan. We go into the month a few pounds or kilos lighter and we come out the other side Heavier and heftier, subhanallah. There's a much more loftier objective with the month of Ramadan. And that is to inculcate this sense of being careful, vigilant. Not just with your food, with, with your mind, with your heart, with your thoughts, with your deeds, with your statements. Some of us, foul mouths. Every other sentence, the four letter word. The F four letter word, every other sentence. It's become so accustomed. Swear words. And if not in English, in the local languages. Abusing his mother, other people's mothers, fathers. Is this the conduct of a believer? Is this the way a believer controls his tongue? Did the Prophet speak and utter swear words? Do you have you? Or for that matter, just imagine, if I were to stand on this pulpit and speak like that, would you consider it appropriate? The first thing you would go to the, the trustees and be like, what is this imam? 
Why? Because you know it's not appropriate. Then why? Why in the marketplaces? Why amidst your friends? Why with your spouse? Why with your children? So the month of Ramadan is to train yourself, is to control your, your tongue, is to control your limbs, is to control your eyes, is to control your ears, is to control what you put inside you. Not only in terms of food, even in terms of your heart, in terms of your mind. Would you be cool? Would you be okay with someone, with the garbage collectors coming and dumping garbage inside your house? Instead of taking the garbage and going, if he were to walk into your garden and dump all the garbage in your garden, would you be okay with that? Would you be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, totally fine. Or would you go out and make a big scene? If that is the case, then why or how are you okay with people coming to you and dumping garbage on your hearts and your minds? Why do you entertain when someone comes to you and talks bad about another person? Rumors, gossip. Why do we entertain? Why do we consider it to be so juicy? Why do we say, yeah, come on, let's go grab a coffee and talk about it some more? SubhanAllah. So this month of Ramadan, my point being, I'm mentioning all of this, is because it's just not about staying away from food. It's not about rearranging your sleep pattern. For the youngsters, the month of Ramadan is to hang out outside. You know, until the late hours of the night. This is not the purpose of the month of Ramadan. For businessmen, it's all about making it a season, marketing the month of Ramadan and making money out of the month of Ramadan. This is not the purpose of the month of Ramadan. We have got it all wrong. We have lost the plot in regards to the month of Ramadan. So please, my dear brothers in Islam, try to understand the purpose, the noble purpose, the noble objective of this month. You know how important it is for us to get closer to Allah Azza wa Jalla. And we're living in trying times, right? Trying times. As you can see, until just a very select few are getting the opportunity to come to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before, a year ago, two years ago, the masjid would be full. But now only a select few are being invited by Allah Azza wa Jalla. You see? So we're living in trying times. So we need to make the most, not that the ones who are outside at fault, it's a pandemic at the end of the day. But we need to make the most out of whatever opportunity we are given by Allah Azza wa Jal. To do good deeds. Now, do you think you can go on Umrah the way you want to go? If you want to go, you can have all the money, but do you think you can just go easily? There's a lot of complications. It's not easy, like before. So as you can see, deed after deed is becoming more and more challenging. So please, use the time that you have. Use the access to the deeds that you have to do as much good as possible, to become good human beings, kind, loving and caring human beings, who care for others, who love others, who do as much good as possible to human beings, to animals, to the trees, to the planet in its entirety. Let us be ambassadors of Islam, followers of the te teachings of the Prophet ﷺ. With that I conclude this reminder. I ask Allah subhanahu wa